Welcome back to Straight to DVD. Raph, we're back once again. How you doing, Buckaroo? I'm I'm good. I'm just doing impressions of the Pokemon coughing, uh, doing queefs. As in cough, coughing, saying queefing, or coughing queefing? Coughing, saying queefing. Let's hear it. Queefing. That's pretty. <laughs> I don't know what I expected. <laughs> coughing. Queefing. That's yeah. That's just yeah, that's a short yeah. uh, consonant away. <laughs> Same thing. I, I would like to say that's an excellent lead. Actually, to be fair, that's not too far-fetched, uh, which is a Pokemon, of, uh, of a lead-in to the film we're talking about yes. today. Pokemon 2000. <laughs> Wait, we should do that. We should. File that away. Yeah. Not right now. I won't. Because we're, well, we're not going to talk about it right now. And I don't have files, but... Yeah. All right. We'll put it in... <laughs> we'll think about that. Yeah. Add that to the, the, the queue. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. That's all we set. Queefing. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay. <laughs> so, what are we here today to talk about, Rev? We're here to talk about Lighthouse. That's right. Yes. By the, the 2019 film by Robert Eggers. Yeah, we're only like a year late. We are. <laughs> but it seemed like a good time to discuss it. Yeah. Mostly because there's nothing. Yeah, plus there's still <laughs> no new movies to discuss. Right, and I actually only got the chance to watch it recently. Yeah. So, it wouldn't have made sense yeah. to, to do it prior. Hey, Mike, how'd you like this movie? <laughs> I haven't seen it. I haven't All right. seen it. I hear it's great. Um, but yeah. the reason I say that whole queefing joke was a great lead-in is because Willem Dafoe farts a lot oh. in this movie. Yes, yes. he does. Willem Dafoe farts. Willem... I'll beat you by one second. Yeah. Um, so, uh, a little bit about Robert Eggers, the director. I don't know if you've seen his prior film, The Witch. The Vavitch? The Vavitch. The Vavitch. Yes, The Vavitch. Uh, which I love. I love the Vavitch. I've seen it like five times. Yeah, have you really? Yeah. That's uh, four more than I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed the one time I, I saw it, the Vavitch. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was uh, an incredible contemporary horror period piece, which mm -hmm. all those words together don't really make sense. But I think you know what I mean. It's like yeah, a yeah. contemporary look on a period piece of horror. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and so... This is his follow-up project, mm -hmm. which is a bit stranger uh, and more out Definitely. there. Kind um, of also a period horror piece, though. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, and let's... We always do this. Maybe we should just, like, get be like a spoiler territory, just right out the way so we don't have to censor ourselves. Yeah. Because I don't know if you can really talk about this movie. Without spoiling um, it? Y yes, that is correct. Yeah, but why don't we set up? Let's do something that we never do. What? Let's uh, let's let's paint the the picture of the film. Let's let's oh, let's set yeah, it up. Dude. Like, what is the film? What is the premise? What is the premise of this movie? Yes, what is it about? Go for it. So Robert Pattinson mm -hmm. um, plays a apprentice lighthouse keeper named mm -hmm. Ephraim, and Willem Dafoe mm -hmm. plays a veteran lighthouse keeper. Named yeah. Thomas. I think they're called wikis. They are called wikis. You're right. Yeah. You're a wiki. Yeah. You're a wiki, yeah. Harry. <laughs> um, it's not a line. <laughs> to be clear. Um, and the two of them are essentially on this desolate rock mm -hmm. in the middle of the ocean, tending to this lighthouse. Yep. And that's... Wicking it, if you will. Yes, wicking. <laughs> I don't know if that's... It, I'm sure problem. that is. Yeah. I mean, we'll check that. That's well, okay. probably not, but... Yeah. That's what um, they're doing. And that's the movie. Yeah. And it 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 builds hilarity ensues. Hilar yes, it, it is. It's it's. I have never quite seen a 
I've seen like comedy horror movies, yeah. like scary movie, yeah. but I've never seen a horror comedy. Yeah. Like it's okay. clearly a horror movie with comedy in it. It's it's like kind of hilarious. It's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> Actually. I don't know. I, I feel like horror and comedy are um, kind of like coupled. Both sides yeah. of the same coin, if you will. Yeah. Like, uh, like Jordan Peele talks about this a lot, how like horror and comedy, they both like take realities and then they just like make them like slightly or like pretty absurd it's like an absurdity dial mm -hmm. and they both do it to like different effects but it's like essentially the same the same practice if you will like you're taking the absurdity dial and just turning it however much you you know you wish right absolutely um yes you know it's the the the, the famous adage if i don't laugh i'll cry yeah. <laughs> if, i'm not sure if it has anything to do with that <laughs> if uh, i don't laugh i'll i'll die i'll, I'll be spooked <laughs> I'll be, uh, ooh. Yeah. Did this movie scare you at all? Um, Before we talk about the subject matter of it, particularly, I I, I guess I'll say like not traditionally. Like mm -hmm. I, like there are obviously aren't any uh, jump scares or anything like that. But there were some pieces of the movie that like kind of stuck with me and like uh, not so much kept me up at night, but um, you know, definitely uh, penetrated my 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 thought bubble. Nice <laughs> later <laughs> later in the evening. You know, I what, do. About, what about you? I'm Did familiar you? with being penetrated late in the evening. Yeah. Uh, uh, I what was <laughs> I? I have a similar uh, sentiment to you regarding there. There are a lot of very uncomfortable and sort of jarring uh, images mm -hmm. and uh, sounds oh, in the film. The audio is pretty excellent, dude. Um, can't wait to talk about sounds. A quick <laughs> uh, a quick shout out to our good friend uh, Sean Ryan who was going to be a guest this evening, but yes. decided he had to go to the mall instead. <laughs> he, uh, Dude, it's a pandemic. Who's going to the mall? Yeah, I, honestly, that was the worst excuse he possibly could have given us. A simple no, I don't want to. <laughs> that would have been fine. It would have been great. Um, he loves this movie, and yeah. right before I had seen it, I told him I was going to watch it uh, about a month and a half ago, and he was like, pay very close attention to the, the sound <laughs> <laughs> and I rolled yeah. my eyes, and then I watched it and was like, hey, you're yeah. right. <laughs> He's he kind of right, yeah. <laughs> he was totally right. Um, particularly the use of, of, of foghorns. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's like really creepy, mm -hmm. um, and how it's you can't escape it, and you mm -hmm. don't know where it's coming from. Um, it's very, very eerie. Well, follow-up question for yes, that yes, before you continue. Yes, please. How did, how did you watch this where did you watch it so what was your viewing experience? i watched it alone in my small living room mm -hmm. with the volume very high on my very nice tv nice nice which i just uh, casually dropped that yeah, uh, nice today <laughs> if anyone wants to come over and uh watch, watch some movies. movies with me <laughs> it will be fantastic please i'm very lonely yeah. um <laughs> So that was my viewing experience. So I didn't get to see it in theaters, mm -hmm. but that that was my viewing experience. And I I, fe I feel like it probably I mean most well made films are like this. They mm -hmm. benefit from being shown on the big screen, you know, with the sound, the spectacle, all that. Mm -hmm. um, but I I I I really enjoyed it for the most part, regardless of uh, you know watching it at home. Yeah. But overall, like like we were talking about, it didn't scare me. It made me uncomfortable mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the time, and. I don't necessarily know if I like, I didn't like laugh out loud alone, yeah. but then again, like how often do you laugh out loud alone when you're watching a movie? Sometimes. Yes. It's, it's rare, but yeah. it does happen. 
uh, there's like a whole social study about that. It's just like, yeah, oh, yeah. laughing is it's uh, very you much do so it social for other people yeah. rather yeah. than you know because you want them to know you found something funny. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, no, dude, you're just a funny guy. Oh, thanks, dude. That's uh, ridiculous. Um, so while I was watching it, I was like, oh, that's an it, it's interesting where he where Eggers decides to place comedy mm-hmm. in this film. Um, and probably uh, an obvious thing we should talk about that I we didn't mention is that the whole thing is black and white. Yeah. And he plays with the contrast a lot mm. as the, <clears throat> as the film goes on. Yes. Um, indeed. And the film is very dark, dreary, yeah. and the actual light from the lighthouse is used in a very specific way. As yeah. a result. I feel like they must've used a lot of natural lighting in this movie. I don't think there was like, it definitely seemed that way. It didn't seem like there was any, like there were any like set lights or anything set mm-hmm. up. It seemed like everything was, uh, you know, either like natural sunlight or whatever, like candles and lighthouse stuff right. they had like on set. It's actually, actually, you mentioned that aside from the, you know, the, the, the actor's budget yeah. paying for the actors, it, it struck me as a, probably a very cheap film yeah uh to make because it's essentially one location. It's one location. It's two act. It's Two actors, two actors there may be like a handful of three others. Three or four other brief appearances, yeah. which are kind of spoilers, but whatever, yeah. who gives a I shit. I think we're already in spoilers. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. For giving the spoiler heads up, yes. we actually haven't really given too many spoilers. No, we yet. haven't, but I'm yeah. about to. But we're, well, before you go into spoilers, so we've okay, talked, about, not about we talked about sound design, we mm-hmm. talked about like the lighting and the, the black and white and shit. I feel like one other thing that we, that we got to bring up before we go any deeper is that the aspect ratio so oh, yes, obviously yes it's yes. part of like what like makes the movie super uncomfortable and um and how it changes like kind of unsettling does it, it change over it does, time yes oh i didn't realize that yes um but at first i think it, oh no i'm not sure i don't i didn't think that it does but i i, I thought that right. it that it did towards the end but maybe i'm misremembering probably i might be mis- misremembering watch watch movies better next I, time. I can't um but yeah, it's like it's not quite a square aspect ratio. Mm-hmm. It's like it's slightly, um, it's like slightly rectangular in terms mm-hmm. of like the height. So it's a little bit taller than it is wider, to kind of like echo the the dimensions of like a lighthouse and like the house attached to it. Wow! Um, Somebody's been taking their film studies yeah. <laughs> junior yeah. classes, dude. <laughs> fucking ten years out of <laughs> out of my film studies. And you know, still, still rocking these aspect ratios. You, you're going to add that weekly items. lesson to your uh, your Transformers yeah. uh, college yeah. class that you yeah, teach that about I Michael teach. Bay. Yeah, it's all about aspect ratio, dude. Aspect ratio is so important, dude. Fucking between aspect ratio, sound design, and uh, and natural lighting. Why would you listen to any other podcast? Yeah, dude. This is, we're taking you to film school. You don't need to pay, you know, sixty thousand dollars a year to go to USC. Everything you need to know, you're going to learn right here. Yeah. Pay, pay us two dollars a week. That's it, and we'll we'll teach you all yeah. you need to know. <laughs> With that said, let's talk about uh, mermaid coochie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, another term that is frequently taught in, in film school. Um, so we're diving pretty heavily um, into spoilers now. Diving into mermaid coochie. Exactly. You, are, you caught. Say. You caught me. Um, so being that, actually, b- before I say anything, this is this is the amusing anecdote I, I mentioned to you before we started recording this evening. Mm. Um, like I, I said, I watched the film 
uh, in my living room by myself. And I watched it on Amazon Prime. And the movie started. And about five minutes into it, I was like, I need a stiff drink for this. I was yeah. like, I need a cocktail to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. So I paused it. Mm-hmm. I went inside. I got, I got my wine. I came back. I sat down. Mm-hmm. On Amazon Prime, when you pause a film, mm-hmm. it lists the actors in the scene yeah. and their character names. Hmm. So for Willem Dafoe, it says Willem Dafoe, Thomas Wake. Uh-huh. And for Robert Pattinson, mm-hmm. it said Thomas uh, Howard, I think was the last name. But it, yeah. it said his name was also Thomas. I was like, yeah. oh, they have the same name. Weird. Yeah. And this was before the two characters introduced themselves to each mm-hmm. other. So I, I hit play. The scene continued. Willem Dafoe was like, my name's Thomas. What's your name? And I don't Robert, think he gives his name at that point. I think he, he just, does. He just asked what. Yes, uh, but you find Sorry, out. I'm chewing on ice. No, that's fine. You you find out that Robert Pattinson introduces himself to Defoe as my name's Ephraim. Mm-hmm. Ephraim. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's not what the Amazon pause screen <laughs> told me. So, Something's fishy here. So immediately I was like, well, that's a big spoiler. Yeah. So while I was watching it, I was like, oh, is this going to be a weird twist thing where it's like, oh, they're the same person mm, the whole time mm-hmm. which is a popular theory um it's, it's definitely not it's a theory floating around yeah i don't think it's it's the intention um but it's an interesting thing to think about i mean identity is a big theme mm-hmm. that's that's floated around in the film but anyways that that was the sort of i had a weird experience watching it because that was immediately put into my head as a result of amazon prime yeah. fucking me on the yeah. screen yeah um but back to mermaid coochie yeah, yeah, of course, of course. So the two of them mm-hmm. are alone. These two men. Yep. Who initially really don't like each other at all. No. And Robert Pattinson is uh, very sexually frustrated. Very. So actually, I'm going to ask you this question. We're about to talk about a mermaid. How much of the film do you think is um, real? Interesting question. I'm, I'm going to put that on you because that's a tough one. That's, that's <laughs> a tough know. one. Yeah. Um... I mean, I think this film does, it does one of those things where it kind of plays with like your, your perception and like who you're aligned with in terms of like, uh, through whose eyes are we seeing certain events? Um, and like mostly like when you see a movie, right? Like you, you know who your protagonist is and it's like pretty easy to align yourself with them like understand that everything is happening is sort of like through their lens, even mm-hmm. if it's not necessarily like through their eyes that you're seeing things. Um, I think this movie does like a weird thing where, because it's only the two of them, um, we're like, I think because of their initial interactions, most of us are, most of us at first align ourselves with Robert Pattinson's character and kind of see everything through his lens. Um, and like, we are, we're more like sympathetic towards him. But then, like, later in the movie, like, those lines are kind of blurred and we're not so sure, like, um, who we're really supposed to be aligning with, like, who we're supposed to, like, feel compassion for in terms of, like, their relationship and how shit's playing out. Mm -hmm. So I think it, like, plays with that of, like, uh, like, there are, like, a lot of, like, things that could be, like, dream sequences that are never, like, uh, like, fully spelled out as being dream sequences. Like, they could be how someone is actually perceiving things. It could just be, like... uh, just like a, a third person perspective and like that's actually how shit is playing out it could all be happening in someone's head we don't know whose head it is we don't know if the entire movie is taking place inside robert pattinson's head there's even a joke at one point that willem dafoe makes where he's like how long we've we been on this rock mm-hmm. five weeks two days am i all just a figment of your imagination and it like um 
Because, like, at that point, we're just like, you're, you're just like, what the fuck is happening in this movie? Like, right. what am I seeing? Like, what is real? What is not real? Um, and even that, like, totally, like, uh, I don't want to say deconstruct, because that sounds like a douchey word to say. But it kind of, like, deconstructs, like, our entire notion of, like, how we're supposed to watch this movie and, like, what we are perceiving. I don't know if I answered your question. No, you, but... you, you definitely did. Um, because, and this is, I like ambiguity mm. in film. I like ambiguity. I don't like everything being spelled out for me. Mm-hmm. I think, I'm so, I mean, you know, it's oh, there. Are, it's always a case by case, case basis. In a film like this, the uh, the ambiguity of what's really happening, what's not, who is he? Is he really who he says he is? Is Willem Dafoe actually real? Yeah, that is, you know, th- these are questions that anybody who's seen any movie ever is immediately like, oh, what's the twist going to be? Like, yeah. this is some weird film. Like, what's yeah. going to happen? Are they the same person? Yeah. Does he even exist? Is Robert Pattinson in purgatory? Yeah. Is Whatever. He, is he, like, dying? And the, these are, like, his last... Right. I don't know, right. like, thoughts or whatever. Um, And I think that Robert Eggers, at least from what I read and what I watched of, mm-hmm. of him chatting about the film, I think... And as far as I'm concerned, this is what any good filmmaker working with subject matter of this nature would do. You leave it all up in the air Mm -hmm. for that reason. Obviously, the way it ends, there's a very particular, I think, route he wants you to take when you're navigating what's actually happening. But the point is, is it's not what it means for us. It's what it means for Robert Pattinson's character. and he doesn't know what's real no. or what's not. Yeah. And because he doesn't know, we don't know. And like yeah. that's the that's the whole point. At least as far as as, as I could tell from what, what the movie yeah. was, was was communicating to me. But just just to jump right at the ending, a very clear visual parallel, which I'm I'm sure you picked up on. Tell me. So <laughs> <laughs> So he Do tell. So the film ends with him okay so <laughs> i just i realized Spit i was about to, i was about to talk about the ending of the film and i really need to explain how how we get there well i, I think if, if you're listening at this point still at this point you've, you've seen, seen you've, you've seen, seen the, the movie film. so you could i think you can just jump right, right. so yeah. pattinson has been desperate to actually see the light in the lighthouse yeah this yeah. whole time yeah and the light in the lighthouse based on how defoe's character interacts with it is conveyed as something immensely sexual Mm-hmm. to us mm-hmm. maybe um, even a little magical yes there's something yeah. otherworldly perhaps sinister about yeah. it shall we say uh-huh. um and so pattinson has this infatuation with it mm-hmm. because he's frustrated he's alone and that's why he keeps fantasizing about the mermaid coochie yeah uh is it a fantasy though i don't know maybe he fucked that mermaid maybe uh, there is actually a mermaid to to be clear if i were in his shoes and some sexy bucks of mermaids <laughs> swam up on a shore <laughs> 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 I'd be like, hello. Although, but do mermaids, so uh, is that how, I realize mermaid. people can't see what I'm doing, <laughs> but, but yeah, he's making a hand, a, a hand gesture at his legs yes. to replicate mermaid, the mermaid coochie. Coochie. Thank you, Raf, for, yeah. for spelling that <laughs> C-O-O-C-H-I-E. I-E. Mermaid coochie. Love it. <laughs> I guess I didn't spell can you use it in a sentence? Yeah. Robert so, Pattinson fucked that perfect <laughs> So he's he he fantasizes about this. 
Mm-hmm. But it's like it's weirdly bizarre and forbidden for him for some reason. It's like that's as if that's his, that's his punishment. So you find out that the reason he's working as a wiki mm-hmm. is because his former job as a logger, mm-hmm. he killed a man. Yeah. He killed his manager. Mm-hmm. And so this is why he decided to go to this desolate place away from wherever he used to work yeah. and, and, and do this. And this is something that's been haunting him. And so once you learn that information, a lot of the events sort of seem to make sense. It's just like, oh, this is his weirdly otherworldly punishment for his actions, whether it's actually happening or it's what he imagines should be happening to him as penance. Um, So immediately it's got this purgatory feel. Mm -hmm. So the end of the film, after he murders Willem Dafoe with an axe, whether literally or figuratively, whether he's killing this part of his mind, who the fuck knows... He and he finally goes up to the lighthouse mm-hmm. and he sees the light. And it's this amazing like shot directly on his face. Like you don't yeah. see what he sees. No. Because it doesn't matter what he sees. Yeah. But it's it's sexual and euphoric and he like starts like losing his mind and like laughing and screaming. Yeah, and he start and they do that like distorted scream sound, mm-hmm. which is like I mean, you didn't see it in theaters, but I guess okay. your TV's okay, <laughs> the sound quality. Um but it was, yeah, I mean, it was just like absolutely, it, it was like one of the most intense sounds. Yeah, because he's just screaming and the sound is distorting and it's so loud yeah. and the contrast is going insane on his face. It's just yeah, like bright, his face bright. is like covered in like oil, so it's like it's very strange. Yeah, very strange. His eyes are like bulging out. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's really intense. But go go ahead. No, and then um, and then it cuts from that. To him on the beach, naked, mm-hmm. with his guts hanging out, yeah. being eaten by seagulls. Mm-hmm. Which is... Um, and his left eye is, is is eaten out. That's right. That's right. By one of the gulls. Um, which is a uh, a reference to... Fuck. What is the um, the Greek myth? Is it... Uh, it's not, it, I haven't it's, really, it's not Prometheus. I haven't it's, really read up on this, but I've heard a lot of people compare it to, like, uh, like sort of story this is a very i think this is thing. i think uh i'm actually i'm gonna give us another another shout out to sean ryan yes. who was supposed to be here and if he you know actually decided to show up for work he could be the one explaining this in, instead of us you know doing this half-assed explanation but i think the thing is um in terms of like this like the side of his of his body or like like abdomen where this goals are eating out of it's like his it's like the section where his liver would be Right. Which is, I'm also not like well versed in Greek mythology, but apparently that's um, that was like a huge part of the like whole Prometheus story. And if I'm wrong, like you know, it's it's we we, we can, you can email. No, me you're you're right. We that. just have the name wrong. It's Proteus. Oh, it's Proteus. Got it. Um, but it's it's you're you're right. It's a very clear reference to that because Proteus mm-hmm. is the son of the sea god. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, uh, Proteus is the son of Poseidon. 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 There we go. Yeah. Jesus Christ, I'm fucking. And then is oh. Neptune is the Roman version. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. All that shit. Yeah. Go right. All that good shit. Yeah, dude. We didn't study. I didn't study classics. I studied no. film. Contemporary cause. shit. Yeah. Oh, that old shit. That old. That old trash. Yeah. So I mean, the second that uh, that that that's how it ended, I was like, oh, okay. Well, he's clearly drawing a parallel to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's you know, it's it, it was an, it's a nice simple uh, finish because it's just like. Oh, the point of this is it's just like a folktale. It's a mm-hmm. myth. Yeah. It's um which is exactly what the Vavitches 
it's a folk, yes. it's a folk tale. It's a it's a it's a myth, but they're just. It doesn't even say that as a subtitle when yeah, the film like starts. Yeah, it's like a New England, the a New England folk, folk tale. tale. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. yeah, like that's his thing. He just tells he loves these that shit. folk tales, and they're amazing. Um, yeah, they're yeah they're like this and the Vavitch are both like very much so like open to interpretation, but like not in an annoying way. Um, he really just like. I mean, like, Eggers is just, like, a director who, like, trusts his audience, and mm-hmm. he's like, I'm gonna give you this text, and, like, leave it to you to decide, like, what's going on, and you can talk about it however you want to talk about it, um, and that's cool. I like that. I like that <laughs> shit. Well, he did that with the Vavitch, too. Yeah. And, and yeah, uh, yeah. it's, um, the, the, like I said, the, the I, I really, really enjoy, um, the way he uses ambiguity. Because if you watch any interview with him about this film, anytime he's asked questions about, well, yeah. what happened? What did this mean? He never answers those things. Yeah. He was like, it's it's not about but that. But it's also, it's also not ambiguity, like, just for, like, the sake of ambiguity. Right. Like, um, one, he's, like, an insanely gifted, like, technical director. Um, just to, like, use, like, all of the fucking tools of filmmaking the way that he does is, like, awesome. Um, but it's not just like, oh, I'm going to make it ambiguous movie mm-hmm. because like people can like go talk about it and like make a reddit thread uh <laughs> like uh, i feel like it's something like Zack snyder would do right <laughs> but um he just like does it because that makes his art better absolutely and he has a reason yeah uh, for doing it and it lends itself to, to what he's trying to do with the story um it's funny there was an interview i watched of him and and pattinson and uh uh pattinson has this 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 funny bit where he he talks about how they were on set one day and he's asking Eggers, uh, like, he's, he says, what's happening in, yeah. this, <laughs> in this scene? He's like, what's happening? And Eggers said, um, it doesn't matter. Yeah, just, <laughs> just do what you're just, told. Just do the scene. Yeah. It doesn't matter what's happening. Um, and that was so interesting to me because, you know, as, as someone with an acting background myself, when you're trying to give a performance... Um, particularly one as complicated as Pattinson's and yeah. Pattinson's is in this. That's a mouthful. Yeah. Pattinson's is. Pattinson's is. Pattinson's is. Um, you sort of feel like you need to know exactly what the beat to beat, moment to moment, what's happening and what the actions are is. Mm-hmm. And the fact that someone with the immense talent of this director and these two actors, that information can be deprived intentionally for a specific uh, storytelling reason and they can still capture something that makes sense is just a testament to the director's faith in the actors and also the actor's ability to play action yeah. rather than just, you know, tell a story by the book, so to speak, if that makes any sense. None whatsoever. I was way over my head. I didn't. <laughs> I've okay. also never acted a day in my life, so. Uh, well, it's. I got to tell you, it's not hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very easy. Um, it's not. It's very it's difficult. Not, it's, it's, very it's extremely difficult. difficult. Yeah. Um, <laughs> seen what, I've seen what you do. There's yeah, no way I can do that. No, it's not enjoyable at all either. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I like to watch it's... you act. Well, thank you. I, I got to tell you, I don't think I've enjoyed a single second. <laughs> um, but... But as a nice segue, let's talk about the stars of the show. Oh, dude, Defoe Pat, and Pattinson. Defoe and Paddington. Paddy, yes, <laughs> Defoe and Paddington too. Yes, the two. <laughs> There's got to be a version somewhere of this where it's Defoe and someone just photoshops in Paddington the bear. 
in all of it must. Matters. There's no way it doesn't. There's no way we're the first people to have that, that, yeah. that thought. And if we are, then well, fuck. Don't yeah, listen to this podcast. We're the internet doing. <laughs> we're, we're, we're both cashing in yeah. on that. So obviously, um, Defoe is so so. Pattinson's our leading man. Yeah. For lack of a better yeah. term. And Defoe is our supporting character actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both give amazing performances here. Pattinson's a bit more subtle and nuanced. But it's still fantastic. But it's still, it's, it's excellent. In fact, it's probably the this and, um, and uh, oh. But it's God. funny because it's not even that subtle. I think Defoe is just so much more over the top. And very animated, yeah. Because, like, if, I mean... If you if you had other characters around these two, or if you like put Robert Pattinson's character into another movie, like he's super over the top and like outrageous and like at times like a little cartoonish mm-hmm. in like in the things yeah. that he does. Yeah. Yes. Um, no, you're right. And um, <clears throat> there's a uh, there there's a great if you haven't seen it, you should go watch these um, this interview that Defoe does about this film. Don't tell me what to do. Okay. Well, um, if I. there's this interview with Willem Dafoe where he talks about, and I highly encourage anyone to watch it. He talks about how he uses his training Mm -hmm. to navigate something as insane as the script where it's purely just about the dialogue and the action and how his Shakespearean background and training, he, cause he's, he's got the meat of Mm. the dialogue and the language and, Obviously, that whole Hark monologue, oh, which Hark, yes, I, I I wish I knew by heart because yeah. I would do the whole the whole by thing Hark. by Hark. I wish I knew it by Hark. Um, You're fond of me, lobster. Fond of me, lobster. I've seen you. <laughs> All right, have it your way. I like your cooking. <laughs> that was a good Paddington too. Thank you, dude. I now I see why you act. Oh, thanks. That's yeah. That so I get to mimic people who have done it better than I do <laughs> on, on, a podcast, on this podcast. On a podcast, right? Um, he, he deals with this language that's like Shakespearean mm-hmm. and this dialect that's, I, whatever dialect coach he worked with is out of fucking she, sight. It was like Mr. Krabs. Out of, yeah, right. <laughs> Mr. Krabs was his dialect coach. <laughs> fucking amazing. As the actual voice actor who plays Mr. Krabs. <laughs> no, an actual cartoon. An crab. actual cartoon crab showed up. Yeah. But he's... He's, as far as I'm concerned, Defoe is the real star of yeah. the show. I mean, look, Defoe, towards the end of the movie, he gives, I mean, a speech that's maybe not as memorable as the Hark speech, mm-hmm. but probably more impressive in that he, it's still, it's also one take and he's fucking eating dirt. He's just taking oh, face right. of dirt and you can see it going into his mouth. And he's just like, fuck it's it. really happening. He's just like, fuck it. I'm going to power through this. You can tell there's someone like off screen who's we, like, should, should, we, we, should stop we, this? Should we cut yeah. and maybe do it again? He yeah. like, doesn't have dirt in his mouth. And Eggers is like, and he's like, no, no, this is cool. And Defoe just like fucking powers through. There are a couple of times where it seems like he's like going to like, he's like stop and like and throw and, up. Yeah, he's just like almost about to break <laughs> character. And he's like, like <laughs> and then he just fucking powers through. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's insane. That's insane. That whole, um, dog sequence is is so strange i mean the whole movie is fucking bizarro yeah it's insanely bizarro but yeah i mean defoe totally totally steals the yeah, show and with his over the top cartoonish 
uh, like semen. <laughs> How old are we, dude? Not old enough. Yeah, that'll <laughs> for that be not funny. to be funny. Um, <laughs> but it's funny you mention that. I mean, it's just like you know, there's so much jerking. <laughs> but I mean, movie. yeah, I mean, so Defoe he himself is a is this like seaman character, but there is also a lot of uh, semen in the movie beyond <laughs> beyond the two semen beyond the two semen. There, um, yeah, there's a lot of masturbating mm. and sexual frustration mm-hmm. there's uh, a lot of jism there's some jism that may not be jism it might just be like tentacled ooze yeah that's ooze. a good point um there's also talk of fucking a steak that's right that's right which i like that like okay that whole hark sequence is so bizarre um i for I forgot exactly how it started, but it, then at one point, like, it seems like Pattinson is talking about how shitty the food is and how he would like better food. And then he, he goes like, oh, I wish I had a steak. I can't do Pattinson because I don't have He's like, I wish I had a steak. He's like, I wish I had a steak. And you're like, oh, yeah, dude, steaks are delicious. So yummy. I totally understand that. You want to eat a yummy steak. And he's like, if I had a steak, I'd fuck it. <laughs> I thought we were talking about food. And then he talks, and then Defoe is, like, sad that he doesn't like the cooking, and he's like, well, you're fond of the lobster. He's, like, he's like kind of sad about it. And then Pattinson's like, fuck your lobster, man. And then Defoe puts this, like, awful fucking sea curse on him for saying yeah. that he doesn't like his food. Yeah. But does he, if I'm remembering correctly, doesn't he, like, insult the sea or... Said, no, like, fuck, he it's just the it's food? just the food. Weird. Because... Well, so Pattinson kills a seagull. <laughs> We're just jumping all over the place but right no, now. But this ties, this, ties to, this ties to what you're talking about. Because you say Defoe puts a sea curse on him. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. But Pattinson kills the seagull earlier in the film, even though yeah. Defoe warns him not to because he's like, it's bad luck to kill a seabird. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the seagull. Mm-hmm. First of all, great performance. By uh, great seagull, by Dave the seagull. Yeah, yeah. not even Union. <laughs> no, <laughs> they just found him on the beach somewhere. Yeah, um, but that seagull that he kills, the one who's like fucking with him throughout the whole movie, that seagull's missing his left eye, which is the same eye. You good? <laughs> which is the same eye that Robert Paddington is missing at the end of the movie when he's naked on shore. So fuck. And Defoe talks about how gulls contain like the souls of dead, of dead sea people. You just blew my mind. You just blew my mind. Is that bird Pattinson? Yes. Did he seal his own fate by yes. killing his seagull, or is he just in this like weird purgatory, endless loop of like, of being that gull, trying to warn himself not to you know, obsess over the lighthouse, so then he you know doesn't end up dead. Sure. Like, is it just this? This vicious, vicious, endless cycle. Oh, I think what you just said—you just what you just said—just blew my mind because I did not realize that about the seagull's eye, um, and the fact that it's Pattinson's action doing that. So I agree with you. I think that I think that the whole premise is he's essentially in this purgatory, mm-hmm. whether it's real or not. Yeah, doesn't matter. He's in a purgatory of his own making, mm-hmm. in, mentally, internally, whatever, or he's in literal purgatory. But the point is that. He has sealed his own fate. Yeah. Either via his own actions 
or via what he thinks he himself deserves as a result of his actions. Because you can see he has yeah. immense guilt yeah. when he admits to the killing of Ephraim, mm -hmm. who's the the manager, the logging the, manager, yeah, whose name dude. he adopts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, that's that's fantastic. I didn't even realize that. You're totally right about yeah. that. Yeah, I've all, I've seen the movie like five times. Jesus, that's I will have to rewatch because I did not pick up on that. It's a very rewatchable movie. It, is it? I I think I, so. I I guess I'll have to because I, I think I, this is one of those movies that like you either uh, you either like buy in immediately or. It's just like, nope, not for me. And you're like totally yeah. checked out. I don't, I don't see like any sort of like in between in this movie. There are a lot of people who would sit down and watch this and immediately be like, "What the yeah, fuck is like, this?" No thanks. This is fucking yeah, not for me. What is this artsy fucking bullshit? Just yeah, like, just watch the fuck. Just, thing. Watch, just watch the fucking thing. They're but then, trying to do something. yeah, it's either that or like you watch. Like the first time I watched it, um, within like five ten minutes, I was just like. Oh, Oh, absolutely like, no! It. Like this is. I, I felt the same way too because I had obviously I was so behind with my my initial viewing of it, and everybody, yeah. you, Sean, so many people had told me to watch it, and I just never got around to it. And I finally did, and it's it's funny when you hear nothing but praise about a film, and then yeah. so much time goes on, and you finally sit down and you're just like, all right, let's uh, see yeah, what all this is, is about, yeah. and then like immediately into it, you're just like, okay, I see, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I get it, all right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's that's how I felt about this. I was just like, okay, this is extremely unique, and I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, I think it's like it's, great. It's bizarre. It is. Um, and I like there are there are, there are a lot of films that do. Well, I shouldn't say there are a lot. There are a, a handful of films that do this. And having a theater background, I, I always I'm so appreciative of it. Is when you watch a film that's so concise, compact, and focused, and the script is almost like. A playwright wrote it, yeah. and you're essentially watching a play on film, yeah. which is sort of what the, like this could be a play. Yeah, and I I, I loved it because at, at that point it's all about the characters and the dialogue, and and when uh, when something like that can carry an hour and a half, hour and forty five minutes, you're just like you know somebody's doing something, yeah. right? even if you don't know what the fuck this kid is yeah, going yeah, on, yeah. you're just like this is compelling for for some reason. So yeah, anytime I experience something like that, I'm just like, oh yeah, delicious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, give it to me. Give it to me. Give, give me that me. lobster. Give it to me. Good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Another thing mm -hmm. that I wanted to bring up from this movie that I loved. Yeah. Uh, so for me, uh, The Shining is one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Like, it's great. Mm -hmm. It's the bee's knees. Mm -hmm. I got a lot of Shining vibes from this movie. I'm not sure if everyone else got it or if it was just like where my head was at, if I had just seen The Shining and like, mm -hmm. you know, like that's what I was thinking about. But the whole idea of like someone like being uh, sort of like locked in this like singular like location with nothing besides their own thoughts to sit with and like sometimes like the thoughts of like the awful shit that they've done either, you know, in the past or like that they think they might do. Um, aka Jack in The Shining um, and just kind of like watching them like descend into madness because of that sort of just like cabin fever of like not being able to fucking do anything besides sit with your own thoughts I saw a lot of connections between this and The Shining and there is also like I mean besides like the homoeroticism of the relationship between the two That's of them a good point. there yeah. was also like Obviously, there were like some father-son sort of uh, relations between the two, 
and like the scene where Willem Dafoe is chasing Pattinson around with the axe and is limping, like the first thing that like where my mind went to was mm. the end of The Shining mm. and like Jack t- chasing Danny around in the in the fucking maze. Um, That's really interesting. But actually, the, you this was something I was going to bring up. You jog, you jog my memory about it. So Pattinson takes that axe right to the shoulder, yeah. like a champ. Yeah, he's not phased at all. No. Does that actually happen? You think, dude? Who knows if any of this is happening? Is that that's like around the that's also around the time where it's where everything's unraveling. Where everything is unraveling, and also like also just like the fucking like the set like everything in this movie in for me was just like awesome. Like the set, which early in the movie. Defoe is like going on and on about how like Pattinson will take apart each like floorboard and like spit shine and like put it back together if he says so. And then at the end, like it's just like in complete shambles. Mm-hmm. Like there's like piss and shit everywhere, literally, and yeah. and like vomit and blood and everything is all, like knocked off the walls and like turned over. Mm-hmm. And like that's when they have like the weird fight, and he's like choking Defoe out, and then Defoe like turns into a mermaid. Yeah, like a weird sea monster yeah and then, and then also a mermaid like a, yeah and then he like it's like it focuses on defoe's mermaid coochie yeah <laughs> which is like what the yeah, like what's fuck? did he really take that axe to the shoulder yeah, is defoe I, really shape-shifting right now? yeah it's it's i i pride myself in my ability to like hone in on what's trying to be conveyed to me yeah but i have to tell you i have no fucking clue <laughs> Like, I, I, and I think I'm okay with that, like, really what I'm meant to think. Yeah. Um, but I, like we were saying before, I think that that lends itself to what they're trying to do with the film, because the whole point is, fucking Pattinson is so unhinged, he has no idea either. Yeah. He has no clue. He's totally batshit insane. Yeah. And if we're meant to, again, like, align with him, then... We're also not going to have right. any fucking clue of what's real. Well, it's the it's the Inception ending thing. I mean, obviously, it's not. It's it's they're, the, the films are, are very different yeah. in, in regards to how they end. Yeah. But um, it's the whole point of oh, when he spins the top, does it fall? Does it not fall? It's not the point. The point is that he doesn't care. The yeah. point is that uh, Cobb doesn't care. And the point in this fucking is that Inception, though, I hate Inception. We that's right. I know you. That. I know you don't like Inception. What a fucking Inception episode. That's like uh, that's that's one of those like ambiguous for the sake of being ambiguous uh, movies in my mind. I see. But, you know, too big for its own britches. To each their own. Mm-hmm. If you were uh, Raph, let me ask you a question. If you were trapped alone with me on a. <laughs> 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 On a, on a desolate rock, and we were tending to a lighthouse, and, and weeks and weeks went by, and a, a mermaid washed up on shore and offered her little... I would have mer- jumped off the lighthouse, like, week two. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what about you? I, I probably... Well, week one, probably. For me. <laughs> for, for, for me. that bad. But if, if, if that hadn't happened, and, and, and you were, you know, still together for the most part, yeah. and, uh, you know, a little siren mermaid washed up on shore and was like... Yeah, would you, and she offered her little mermaid coochie up to you. Would you uh, partake in a fishy fish? I am in a very happy and strong relationship, so no. What about you? Would you accept that mermaid coochie? <laughs> I was leading the witness a little bit there because I wanted to see what she what she'd say. Um, uh, no, fuck no, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, because 
that thing clearly had nefarious intentions. But yeah. Well, let's talk about uh really quickly. So there's this 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 moment. You you mentioned the homoeroticism earlier. There's this moment where they're like about to fight and then they get so tired and they start dancing together. Yeah. And they then they're dancing. about to kiss. And they're about to kiss. And then they stop that and then they, they go stop, back yeah. to and they make a joke to, of it. Yeah, like I think they actually like punch each other. I think they land blows. Yeah, they do. Um, they do. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that's just like I mean, I didn't read too much into it or take that much away from it. Um, but I think the whole movie, again, like going back to The Shining, I think the whole movie is like designed to uh, like throw you off and like make you uncomfortable and like make you aware of your own discomfort while watching the movie and like noticing or not even like, even if you don't fully notice, but like the movie is doing things that don't like make sense or like fully compute in your mind. Like even in terms of like the layout of the space that they're in, mm-hmm. like it doesn't like explicitly say that like, you know, this lighthouse couldn't exist as it is, but there's like, uh, there's just like this whole like notion of like, we don't like fully understand like what, the layout of the setting is or like if any of these maneuvers could like be possible if they like could move from that room to mm-hmm. that room based on like where that room was in location to another room like earlier in the movie right like, we don't understand it like everything about the movie is like meant to disorient you you're you're like, you're comparing of that to the shining is 100 percent accurate because that's what like, kubrick does in that yeah. too yeah it's right, like exactly. fully meant to disorient at least like, and it, it, no and it definitely does and you can tell it's it's so interesting because the way it's shot, like the main room that so much takes takes place in, mm-hmm. it's shot from essentially one angle. Mm-hmm. It's shot from like, oh, this is what we're viewing it from. So you never see what's on the you other never, side. Yeah, you never see what's around the corner or like anything. Like you don't yeah. fully you don't fully understand like where you are. And I mean, and they achieve they they you know they heighten that so intensely with the fact that you're not used to the aspect ratio. Yeah, and you're not used to the the black and white contrast. Um, and, and let's be clear, something about black and white films that I, I think a lot of people probably don't realize is like, it's not as simple as just putting a black and white filter on something. Mm-hmm. Because if you do that, it, it completely ruins um, the, the, the contrast of the colors and the lighting. Like you have yeah. to light something differently for black and, for black and white, purely yeah. because of the way that light appears when you're yeah. filming it. So... If you were to take something that's black and white and like colorize it, that's why when you look at old black and white photos that are colorized, that's why they look so bizarre. Yeah, they look. Super it's because the lighting is is you can't edit the lighting. Yeah. In a in a photo, and it's you know it's similar to this. It's like you take a film like like Mad Max for in, for instance, um, and there's a, a black and chrome version where it's it's black and white. Um, even though it's a, a neat thing, it's just like essentially all they really did with that was just like put a black and white filter on it. Yeah. So it, it look a lot of it looks bizarre. Yeah. Um, whereas like, you know, something like this, it's shot as black and white in mind. So it's lit that way. It's shot a specific way to, to you know, to still look like something. <laughs> Cousin. <laughs> Brother. Dog. Uncle. Um, yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. That was, no, that, that, that was interesting. I'm so glad. But... Yeah, the black and white and the contrast and, uh, like, the shadows and shit. 
like is that contrast? I don't know. It's part of it for sure. It's part of it, yeah. You know, it's like, the contrast of black and dude, white. The contrast, yes. Um, all that shit. But like some scenes are like it seems like they're shot like completely in shadows, um, and you mm-hmm. like really can't tell like where where anything is. There are some scenes where because of the shadows, you can't really tell like where the movie like ends and where like the sidebars begin. Like you just like. Mm. Do you have no idea, like, sometimes, like, at some point, you have no idea, like, what the fuck you're looking at. Right. Like, what you're supposed to be looking at. Right. Um, right. No, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Raf, I'm going to ask you. Uh, I think it's clear. Oh, God, you have a point. Go ahead. I had one other thing. Go ahead. One other thing. Let's hear it. Towards the end, when they're doing the whole, when they're doing the... <laughs> yep. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the, the thing. <laughs> when, they're doing, when, they, when they're doing the axe, mm-hmm. and Willem Dafoe is chasing him around with the axe, and he axes up the fucking boat. And they go inside, and Pattinson's like freaking out about how he wasn't going to get paid or anything. And then Defoe is like, "I can't believe you were just out there chasing me around with an axe. Like I'm just a poor old man." Mm-hmm. And like you can see on Pattinson's face, we're like, we all saw that it was Defoe chasing Pattinson. But you can see like, like Pattinson does this amazing thing with just like his facial ex- expression. Where like even he's like, "Did I?" Like, right imagine that incorrectly like was i actually the one outside holding the axe and like attacking other thomas or like did we see what actually happened and i think at that point like that like really that moment when when not the foe when pattinson does that like that like totally solidifies it like no one is supposed to have like any idea what the fuck is going on in this not at all nor like will we ever fully understand no, I, there's only one person who knows. His name is, is Robert Eggers <laughs> and his brother who wrote it with him. And they will never tell a soul what no. their, their intentions are about, about something. Um, well, Raph, I, I, can, I can tell that I think we, we both really enjoyed the film uh, immensely. And there was a lot in it we, we, we both liked. So it seems like a redundant question, but I'll ask anyway. Would you recommend The Lighthouse to an average film goer? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, like what I said before, like, it to an average film goer like there's a chance that you're an average film goer and you watch this and you're like fuck yeah um i dig this mm-hmm. i'm into it i'm fully on board but there's also a chance that you're an average film goer and you're like this is fucking stupid sure i want no part of this you could even be like an avid film watcher and be like eh? sure you could you could think it's artsy fartsy for the sake of being artsy fartsy. Yeah. you could think that you'd be wrong but yeah so I would recommend it to anyone. I would give them, I don't even know if I would give them like the heads up of like, Mm -hmm. you're either going to like fully be on board with this, love it, or it's not going to be for you. Right. Right. Uh, I, I think I, I, I echo that almost, um, entirely. I think that I would recommend it to most people, uh, with an asterisk being like, you should know that this is a very, uh, bizarre sort of for lack of a better word avant-garde kind of mm-hmm. uh independent um film yeah kind of weird experimental sort of old-fashioned yeah folk story folktale kind of uh filmmaking um i don't know if it's too popular to call it a cult classic but like it, it will kind be. of has like all the yeah. cult feel 
Mm-hmm. Like it's, I, I think it's insanely rewatchable. Again, like if you like it, you really like it. So you're going to like, you know, have right. like yearly lighthouse watch parties <laughs> and, sh- and shit. I'm looking at you, Sean Ryan. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it kind of like has like all the elements of that. Like it's insanely quotable. Like, it is. It yeah. is. But like in, in a comedic sense. Yeah. Like it's, you know, it's, which is, you know, the whole, uh, you're fun of me lobster. Yeah. Hark! Um, it was, it was my second favorite movie of 2019. What was your first? Uncut Gems. Dog. Same. Uncut Gems. Was... But now with a year behind it, uh-huh. I think Lighthouse might be more of a favorite than Uncut Gems. But I think, I love both. I think Lighthouse, Lighthouse is probably more rewatchable. It's gonna, it's gonna, in the in the long run, it's gonna have better legs, I mm. think. But we'll see. Yeah, I would like to see the lighthouse with the Adam Sandler in it. The lighthouse too. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Sandler. Holy shit! I'm gonna come. <laughs> Is Rob Schneider willing to come? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> or Kevin James? It's just all of his Kevin friends. James is the mermaid. <laughs> I was going to say it's just rotating who who is willing to, it's Chris Rock in one yeah, scene, right. it's David Spade in, the, in another. That's Adam Sandler's purgatory, is yeah. every comedian he's ever worked with. At one point it's Steve Buscemi. Anyways, yeah, it's it's such a strange film. I really enjoyed it. I would recommend it. I've got to watch it again. I think this episode about it was a long time coming. I'm yeah. glad you enjoyed it as much as I did. I'm happy we did this. Maybe yes. we'll do Uncut Gems next. That's a great idea. Since or, there's nothing going on this Pokemon year. Pokemon 2000. Actually, you know what? I was, think- I was thinking about that. Um, that's about it. I think we should do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ever since we mentioned that, I think we should do that. I think it'll be an interesting episode. Fuck yeah. That'd yeah. be awesome. There's some, there's some weird, mature themes going on in some of the later Pokemon Whoa. movies. Not yet, Michael. I'll save it. Save it for save. the next episode. That um, Entei, that Entei movie? Dude! All right, I'll save it. Follow us on Instagram. Yes, check us out straight at straight to no, go, go the number it. two. Straight at straight to DVD. <laughs> Why do you po- keep saying straight at before at? Straight to DVD at straight <laughs> to DVD pod. Everyone's like, is my, is my phone broken? At, 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 straight. <laughs> straight at. At, straight. Straight at. At. Straight to DVD Pod. That's the number two. Yep. Not T O. It's the number two. At Straight to DVD Pod. Find us on Instagram. Find us on Apple Music. Apple Music. Find us on Spotify. Spotify. Find us on on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Find us on maybe TikTok. Coming maybe soon. TikTok. We'll see. Find us on uh, Facebook. Sure. No, but whatever. Okay. Don't find us on Facebook. But yeah, Google us. Mm-hmm. Find us where you get your pods. Follow Michael and myself yes. too. Follow our, our personals. You can follow follow uh, myself on Instagram at Michael underscore Rocco underscore. That's Instagram. Check me out. Raph. Yeah. You can follow me on Instagram at Raph Stitt. There you go. All one word. All one word. Boom. And I'm not sure. We'll see how the time frame works. We have a... Uh, it may actually already be out depending it on this episode. We have a very exciting promotional yeah. uh, video coming out, yeah. uh, which is our first on-screen video content for the channel. So excited. Show us to your grandmother. Yes, she will love us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they seem nice. Oh, what a nice couple of boys. <laughs> Talking about mermaid coochie. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Queefing. Queefing. Uh, you know, yeah. art. Art. It's a flat circle. <laughs>
Just like time. Just All right. Like All right. We'll see you around. Queefing.